Lucky you. Best 36 holes in golf. You tuned in to Alternate Shots Podcast. Barney's Army. Where we talk about golf. Barkies, Sandys. Poker. Bond. James Bond. Horse racing. I'm all in. Great movies. Alfred Hitchcock. We have no script. And down the stretch they come. We're glad you joined us. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. <laughs> <laughs> Whoop. Let's start again. I'm sorry, but James Bond can't be a girl. 007 can't be a girl. Thank you. 008 can be a girl. Yeah, but 007, that's James Bond. That's a man that's only going to be a man. Nothing like the match that Sean Connery and uh, Bert Frobe had at uh, in Goldfinger, where Bond misses a short putt at the end, and then they, you know, it's like, strict rules of golf, you play the wrong ball. Yeah. You know, it's interesting about that. I was, I was doing a little reading. Apparently, that was what inspired Sean Connery to go on and continue playing golf. He, he enjoyed that so much that that round was played at a place called Stoke Park in England. And it was a Harry Colt design, 1908. It was it's used for other things. It was in another James Bond movie and some other movies. It's a big old uh, palace like looking place. And I guess it was just recently sold for seventy nine million dollars. And they're going to read read up on it. But Harry Colt was pretty uh, major guy back in the day. <clears throat> so it's interesting that, you know. Odd job was caddying on a Harry Colt course. Those golf courses would have plenty of caddies and they carried one bag. Yeah. You got a bit of a story or a yarn, every other hole from the guy and might have had a bottle in his bootleg. Yeah. But yeah, that remind me first encounter was at the Fountain Blue Hotel. Right? This Correct. is what I like about this, the, the the journey that you go through. We've gone from Miami Beach. That's where we start this. Yeah. Yes, and uh, where he interrupts Goldfinger's cheating gin game. <laughs> Goldfinger has the headset on, and uh, uh, Shirley Eaton, I believe it was, was upstairs. He just picked up the Jack of Diamonds. That's the four of diamonds now, you know, giving Goldfinger the look. And it always, I was always like, this is a guy that's got all kinds of gold. He flies all over the world, he owns clubs. And he's cheating at gym. Reminds me of a couple of people that we know. Yeah. yeah <laughs> they can't get yeah. enough. They were playing 10 cents a point, I think. And it was, you know, you know, Bond gets on the headset and says, let's say you lose 10,000. Let's, no, let's be generous. Make it 20 or something like that. So good technology back in 1964. That's 50 years ago. They had that two ray radio where she was on the, uh, penthouse floor out in the balcony yeah with with the uh with the um the lens looking right down on on his yeah. hand right yeah he had the little thing in her ear yeah and go and uh sean connery hits the mic back, 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 and he's like whoa whoa but but also what i like about bonds before we go into the golf because we're at the fountain blue is the opening scene goes from a scene where a figure skater is skating in an indoor ice rink in miami beach at the Fountain Blue Hotel, and then you see people, or it's the opposite Swimming, way. Swimming, yeah. Guys making this 30-foot high dive into the pool, and then you see him go under. Dink, or whoever it is, is giving him a massage at the poolside. When, yep. Uh, 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 in, in his cute little uh, terry cloth suit. Yeah, right. 
So now we, yeah, he gets the assignment, and now what, what he well, heads he, over to, as yeah. as James Bond always did to his um, nemeses, is he agitated the hell out of them. He didn't really sneak up on them. He like burst on them and gave them, you know, broke their chops as as much as he could on every level, whether it was at the baccarat table or the roulette wheel or wherever it was. He let them know I'm here and I win these games, which is the. The greatest thing about James Bond is he always wins. You can count on it. That, but you have to remember that opening scene in Dr. No. When he's at the, the first time you see James Bond ever. Yep. And he has this unfiltered cigarette and he takes the gold lighter and lights it. And he, he everything he did was cool. Yep. Bond. James Bond. So yeah. So he shows up to play golf with Goldfinger. And he drops a, at one point, he drops a gold bar on one of the greens or tees, which catches uh, um, Goldfinger's right on the attention. Green. It was on the green, right there right on the, the green, first yeah. green. What are we going to play for? And <laughs> drops yeah. the bar. Yeah. I hope he had a divot repair thing. You know. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, so they play for that, and, and you know, Bond catches them cheating. Odd job drops the ball out of his pants. Ah, 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 ah. You know, oh, it's over here. <clears throat> and... Uh, Bond's caddy says something like, "I, you know, I don't think that's his ball." And Bond's like, "It's not his ball. How do you know that, sir? Because I'm standing on it." So he switches balls. You know, strict rules of golf, and he ends up, you know, winning and agitating Goldfinger even more to the point where Oddjob cuts the the statue's head off, throws his hat, and cuts the statue's head off. And Bond says to Goldfinger, "The club secretary is not going to be too happy with you." Oh, I don't think so, Mister Bond. I own the club, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but that's where they that you know that was their second encounter with each other and goldfinger even says i should think this is the second time you've monkeyed with me i should think the first time would have taught you a lesson because you know the first time he ends up painting shirley eaten gold she suffocates her by painting her in gold yeah i remember i was young it. i was like wow this is kind of yikes painting somebody head to toe yeah, it was a little racy too because she had no clothes on. Uh, yep, and, and well, bonds was, were always a little racy. Right, they never went too far, but they were always knocking on the door. There are never any bad-looking Bond girls. I can say that. Yeah, especially like in the opening scenes when the theme songs, you'd see these people dancing around or swimming around. They're swimming around or coming out of bar gun barrels or straddling gun barrels. The credit, Bert. the credits are probably there. There's no better movie credits that i've ever seen that i i always made it a point and i still make it a point if james bond is coming on one of the tvs i'll if i don't have time for the whole movie i'll watch the credits because the, the credits are always very well done they give you a little piece of the plot yeah and yep. then they and then the credits yeah. and then we'll probably have to play the famous james bond theme song here yeah. you know if we find it dun, 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 and then that's where that would come in and that probably that was the most warming part of the movie for you when you heard that music and yeah. it's been it's been in every one of the 25 bonds right yeah and some of the middle ones they they used it sparingly i guess it was maybe after the uh saltzman died and uh cubby broccoli was doing it and then he died and his wife kept it up but um you know, there's such a long history of James Bond, and there, there's always a discussion, who was the best James Bond? Was it Sean Connery? I don't think it was a discussion. It's either Sean Connery or Daniel Craig, if you like the updated versions, because 
the Roger Moore ones were entertaining, but they were more campy. They were almost like they were spoofing themselves. Well, and Pierce Bronson was pretty good as well. I, I like Daniel Craig. I think he did a great job in the five that he did. And uh, Connery did seven. He did six, but then they pulled him out of retirement, probably about money. And the seventh one wasn't good. And... Never say never again. Yeah. But the 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 other thing that I liked in the at least the first half a dozen or eight or nine of them is the core team, you know, Money Penny. You know, oh yeah, gosh, yeah, an M and Lois Q. Maxwell was Lois Maxwell a looker when she was twenty twenty five? I guess she was. Yeah, she was just look good looking enough to you know. But she but it, she definitely had a thing for Bond, who you know just basically teased her. MI6 or whatever it was. Yeah, that, and the disciplinaries. Right, right. So the, the people that tried to keep James Bond in line. Right. Knowing full well they couldn't do it. And Q, uh, of those, Q was the, the standout because, you know, he'd go down to see all the new equipment. He'd start messing with stuff, blowing things up. And, you know, Q would always be like, don't touch that. Don't push that button, you know. What? what was your first or, or the first recollection of a gadget that you can't forget about that he created in James Bond? The ejector seat. Absolutely. The red button. Yeah. In fact, there were Corgi toys. I don't know if you remember them when we were kids. They, they were heavy metal cars and trucks and they actually had a suspension. They were, they were expensive. You know, you tried to collect them. And they, after Goldfinger, they came out with the Aston Martin and the, you could actually put the shield up in the back or release the machine guns out the front or hit the ejector seat and the, the roof would fly open and a little guy would shoot out. That was something to, to have as a kid, those kind of toys. Absolutely, I think, yeah. I think the um, backpack that he wore, was it in Thunderball? Thunderball, yeah. Where he put the backpack on. Makes the, the escape, of, yeah. Makes the, what would you call that device? It was kind of like a backpack. A, a uh, jetpack? A jetpack, that's right. And and that and they said most of the the gadgets they were real it's believable you know nowadays it's a little different i think but they weren't that ridiculous i mean remember you had the the tricky attache case where if you push the buttons one way gas would come out it came in handy and russia would love yep yeah and that was another gadget that was on the market for a while you know the, the 007 attache case a plastic thing where the gun the knife was in there and the gun and you know the, the products that they sold as a result of these films was, you know, you know, when you're 10, 11, 12, 13 years old, you're gobbling that stuff up. The other one I like, and it was in Russia with love, is um, uh, Rosa Kleb. Remember the, the beginning the of the movie? Yeah. yeah, she had the knife that came out of kind out of, of like her, her big toe. And, yeah. and, and, and that knife was nothing to mess with. That was no. worse than a rattlesnake. Yep. Go around trying to kick everybody. The original movies, you know, really kind of set a high bar. And and then it kind of, I think they went into neutral through Roger Moore and some of the others. Pierce Bronson, they were okay. You know, the, the technology and the jumping around. And the, then when Daniel Craig came along, they took a different approach. He was a much more serious James Bond. And it worked, in my opinion, it worked. It was, you know... I mean, there's always the continuity issues, which I'm a stickler for, like in Casino Royale. You know, one of the big dramatic scenes is when uh, when uh, the chief has four jacks in the hold'em game. Yep. And he gives him the false tell. Yeah. 
You must have thought I was bluffing, Mr. Bond. And Bond has aces full of kings. There's only one hand that can beat him. It's not like, you know, it was like a hero call. No. No one's folding that hand, aces full of kings. <laughs> they didn't need to set up the false bluff or the false tell, but Middleton. all those guys in the last hand in Casino Royale felt. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. first guy's got a, a the nut flush. The second guy's got a boat. The third guy's got a higher boat, and then Bond has the straight flush. It's like, yeah, party poker. Here we go. Yeah, but it, exactly. it's still entertaining. She was there, and I think Q probably was the the longest lasting of of uh, of that core group. And and by default, because James Bond's kept changing, he probably made the most James Bond movies of any one actor. I'll bet she was in at least a half of them. There was Sean Connery seven. Craig, so far as if he comes back from the dead, is five, right? Yeah, he's gonna have to. They're gonna have to erase that last movie for him to come back from the dead. I, Craig, I mean, I just, I watched the last one. Yeah, they Sean killed him. So we're upset that? about that. They killed him. I know. You can't, okay, you I didn't can't know kill James that. Bond, right? It's not allowed. What I say, I... he's not dead. I, they, this this franchise might have decided to end it, but James Bond will be back. He has to. He has yeah. to. I have a strong opinion about that movie. Well, and let's it, talk about it. It transcends the movie itself. It's like, who do they think they are to think they can kill off James Bond? Whoever made that movie, and I don't, I don't want to get into the personalities, made a big mistake because you can't kill James Bond. He's coming back, whether it's with them or somebody else, whether it's Daniel Craig or Idris Elba or any number of people. Right. In today's day and age, it could easily be a woman. It, it coming back. James Bond's coming back. You, you can't kill James Bond. The times always play a part in how these movies are made. And then the later Bond movies, like especially the last few with Judy Dench, there's one scene where he's chasing the bad guy. Yep. And he's on a motorcycle. He's riding over rooftops. This is James Bond chasing the bad guy, and he's got a headset on. Yeah. And M is kind of kibitzing. Right. And I'm like, leave the guy alone. It's James Bond. He's 150,000 and oh in these situations, you know? <laughs> <clears throat> but she doesn't leave him alone. She says, take the shot, take the shot. They end up shooting him. I know the I know the answer to my question, so I'm gonna ask you. What's the toughest predicament that he got himself out of? I know the one. Yeah. Oh, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. That one I thought was a, a tough one, where he's strapped down with the laser beam going up the middle. With you took it right out of my head, where yeah. he's on a he's on a table, yeah. and the laser beam is on some sort of like roller, and it's coming yeah. toward you it's know cutting right through there. The, yeah, it's cutting through the steel, and he's like, "Do you expect me to talk, Goldfinger?" Oh, Mister Bond, I expect you to die. <laughs> but then he says the magic word. What was it? Operation Grand Slam, and it's like, oh, okay. You know, what do you know about let's, that? Let's let's figure this out. Yeah, it was Thunderball when he was in that stretching machine, and the attractive physical therapist left him, and then the, the yeah. bad guy came and <laughs> turned yeah, it up. turns it all the way up. <laughs> He's about three inches taller after yeah. that one, right? And then he goes and sticks the guy in the guys in the steam. You know, the guy who turned it up should have, you know, taken some precautions. The physical therapist, she was quite attractive. Yeah, Very... she was second. She was a secondary character. You know, she wasn't the main, as my friend Billy McAndrew used to say, she wasn't the horizontal interest. She's checking out his bruises on his torso, and, yep. and she gets under there. And he goes like that. Yeah, she she couldn't wanted him less at that point in the movie. Yep. And five minutes later, 
She's getting um, uh, patted on the neck with a mink hand glove. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And well, that was he... Bond. You know, that was the the unspoken part of James Bond. And again, in today's day and age, look. In my opinion, there's room for every kind of person and every kind of uh, you know belief in a movie, but they all don't have to be in the same movie. Right. So James Bond is a, I call him a misogynist today if you want to, but he's a, he's a ladies man. They loved him. He loved Now he did like them. a lot of them. I mean, um, right. And... So if you don't like that, you make a different movie with a different character that isn't like that. But you don't have to decide, oh, you know, we don't want James Bond to be that character anymore. That's crazy. In their prime, if 50 women were in a, a room, in a, in a lounge, and James Bond was sitting on the left side of the lounge, and there's all kinds of chairs over there. And on the right side of the lounge was Arnold Palmer. Where do you think the pack of women would go? Are they golfers? <laughs> <laughs> Still don't know the answer to that yeah. question because Bond played golf. I don't know. I I, <clears throat> I know where I'd go, and my, not not for any particular reason, but I'd go see Arnie because I, you know, who wouldn't want to have a conversation with that guy? But there was no there was no machine ever invented by man, new or old, that James Bond couldn't operate. Right. He figured him out in a minute. A Russian tank he figured out, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the greatest the thing about him. It, it screamed fiction. So, you know, to look for any kind of societal comments or anything like that out of a James Bond movie is ludicrous. He's he's a fictional character that did fictional stuff. Unbelievable Great. stuff, stuff no one else could ever do, you know, in real life. So by a man named Ian Fleming, who lived 100 years ago or whatever, give or take. He lived in the Caribbean, was it Jamaica? That's where he lived. This little place that was beautiful, backed up to the beach. And he wrote on the old fashioned manual typewriter, all these little stories. Incredible. Yeah. He created this character that's Batman. And not just the character, then the then you have the, the villains. Blofeld or Goldfinger or uh, Vargas and Thunderball. What was his name? Vargas? Or maybe that was the henchman. Ernst Stavros Blofeld. But then there was the, you know, the really t odd job. You know, they broke the mold after odd job. The invincible villain. He was never, you could never turn him. You couldn't turn him and you couldn't beat him unless, you, unless you're smart like James unless Bond. Unless you electrocuted him like yeah. Javon yeah. did. The bad guys, either the newer version, middle versions, or the older versions. Which which was the best of the bad guys in your mind? Odd job. Odd job. Odd job. To me, as a kid, when I saw that movie, and the the way I saw it was interesting. I, I I've mentioned it before, but he looked invincible. And you know, you you didn't know yet that Bond was basically invincible, and how he was ever going to get out of that when he's trapped down there with Odd Job. But Odd Job was like, "Lock the door behind me. I'm going. Up, I'm going down with the ship. I'm going to." The bomb, you know, they could. Odd Job could have just hung around and did nothing because James Bond didn't know how to stop the bomb. But instead, they decided to fight until the bomb went off. And fortunately, they Bond was able to stop the bomb. On I think it was with. 007 seconds left but the same thing came up in uh diamonds are forever right the, yeah uh, with the two guys yeah the two guys that every time they met somebody from the school teacher in antwerp right she got it yeah oh geez what was she saying unless it rained and, and then she then she's in the, the river face yeah. down and 
Mr. What was it? Mr. Wint? Kid. Mr. Wint and Mr. Kid. Mr. Kid. Yeah. You have to have faith in your audience, in your viewing audience. And, and, you know, the guys who make movies that are, you know, you don't know what's going on, but you have the faith that you're going to know what's going on, you know, like Tarantino or the Coen brothers or, you know, Guy Ritchie, you're going to get the whole story. You're not going to leave the theater thinking, I don't know what happened. Unfortunately, some movies and a lot of the old movies, too, they hit you right over the head with everything like Robin Hood. As much as I love Errol Flynn as Robin Hood. How many times do they say we're meeting tonight in Sherwood Forest, meeting tonight in Sherwood Forest, meeting tonight in Sherwood Forest. It's like 40 times. We get it. You could have said it like twice. What do you see as the next James Bond film and perhaps character? You mentioned Eldris, I, yeah. I'd like to see him as. I'd love to Bond. see him doing it, but I think what's going to happen now is there's going to be one or two horrible attempts at either making a woman James Bond, which I have no problem with, except she's not going to be James Bond. So if, you know, if you want to create a woman agent that has the capabilities or even more capabilities than James Bond, do it. Make her make her 008. Yeah, you don't have to co-opt an existing character and turn it into something else based on some political stance so i think there's going to be a couple of attempts like that but then as always happens the need will arise somebody will see it like let's put it let's make a great james bond movie and then they'll come up with maybe with somebody you've never heard of who knows but they hit the nail on the head as far as sticking with the character the capability of the character the flying around you get to see the world you get to see the gadgets you got to see him flying you know jumping around and doing chasing people up buildings and down girders. And, you know, it was entertainment top to bottom. No statements. You said you like to watch the opening credits. To me, that's why I've watched Dr. No, which is my favorite, more times than any other one. Because I think the beginning of it, the simplicity of the three blind guys walking yeah. into the club yep. and then the guys playing, you know, the, you know, the privileged guys, you know, playing cards in the middle of the day. Yeah, probably late in the day. It was probably four o'clock. Let's give them credit that they might have worked from 10 o'clock in the morning till two. Nobody nobody was working down there. Nobody was working down there. <laughs> it was one big tea. And yep. then when you were finished with tea, you went home, took a nap, and then you went out to dinner at nine o'clock and repeated. And you, and right? you might have bumped into James Bond, you know, if you're the baccarat table. Yeah. Yeah. So that I like that, and the journeys, as I said in other episodes, is what I like in movies, and and they deliver. Yeah, that's that. a great that's a great point. I agree Whether you're that. in the cockpit or you're on a train or you're on the motorcycle with them, but yeah, so the scenery what, is great. Yeah, who's your favorite Bond beauty? I kind of like Ursula Andress, and she was married to uh, John Derrick. Yep. Who then ended up marrying Bo Derrick? Oh wait, and, he married her and Bo Derrick. Yeah. What a Quidella. Yeah. I, there might have been, and, and Linda Evans as well. Oh my God. So yeah, he, he kind of had, he a, had a type. And, and he was a photographer. And years ago, actually, I was out at a, a, a boxing match in Las Vegas. I ran Barkley against Tommy Hearns. And Bo Derek was there. We were at the press meetings and stuff like that because my friend owned the, the contract on Barkley, who beat Hearns in a big upset. So I actually had my picture taken with Bo Derek. By John Derrick with my camera. Fun, but Ursula Andres is my favorite. Yeah. He can't talk back to you, right? He never talks. Uh, uh, oh, oh. Uh, uh, right here. Uh, uh. What was uh, it? A Penfold's, uh. Penfold's number one or a Penfold's yeah. number seven? <laughs> I'm playing a Slazenger. Strict rules of golf, Mr. Goldfinger. 
Well, it yeah, does Pat, come back to ball, golf. Those weren't gutta perches. They weren't quite baladas, but he put one of those pen folds in it and he crushed it to dust. Yeah. So that's what was so great. Even and even Bond's face when he does that is like, oh boy, this is not going to be an easy, you know, finale with this guy. Maybe he wasn't even as good of an actor as Brad Pitt, but he was a good actor. He he could play his parts and he was he had the you know charisma. His voice has talked the way he talked to you know, very enjoyable character. You no, know, you're on trains going all over the world, you're in planes, you're you know, crashing. It's, yeah, that's the beautiful thing about James Bond. You're up it's in the fiction. moon. You're in the moon. Yeah. <laughs> you're getting swallowed yep. by the, the big capsule. Or the big spaceship. Is that, that's, in, uh, that's in You Only Live Twice, right? Where, yeah, where they're where, shooting rocket ships out of the volcano. I forget. Where she had a bikini on and she took the little tape recorder and put it in her bikini. And that's Jill St. John. That's, that oh, was, that's in yeah. Diamonds Are Forever. Yeah. Yeah, Jill St. John was a you're great showing a little. You're showing a little too much cheek. <laughs> well, the part I like is the beginning when he pretends to be Peter Franks and comes up to her room and she walks in. What does she do? She walks in as a blonde. Yeah. And when she says, wait, I'll slip into something more comfortable, within 30 seconds she comes out redhead, and just, yeah. she's a redhead. Yeah. And she gets him, she gets him to have a drink just for the purposes of getting his thumbprint, right? To yeah. do a fingerprint check on him. Yeah, another great gadget. She yeah. had a fingerprint reader, and she was and she was so much more capable in the beginning of that movie than at the end. Right? That little cassette that she took out, Bond had already switched it, and then she undid what he did. He saved the world, and she unsaved the world. And she yeah. said, "We better get out of here." Yeah, and that's the other thing you could always count on in, in pretty much every Bond movie. In the last ten minutes, everything's blowing up. And everything, everything's blowing up. There's not going to be anything left standing wherever he is. The whole place is coming down. Whether it's Casino Royale, where Venice basically comes all down. Actually, Goldfinger's an exception to that, but pretty much the only exception. They couldn't yeah. blow up Fort Knox. No. I'm sorry, but James Bond can't be a girl. 007 can't be a girl. Thank you. 008 can be a girl. Yeah. And he's like, do you expect me to talk, Goldfinger? No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. The first time you see James Bond ever. Everything he did was cool. Yep. Bond. James Bond. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Oh, 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 well, at least we have a laugh to add at the end. <laughs> right. We're, we've gone from 12 handicaps at this to 19 handicaps in just a week. <laughs> that, that's what happened. Somebody changed my grip, and the next thing you know, I can't do the podcast anymore. I felt like I was in the first row of the uh, first pew at church right during the sermon. <laughs> and your brother was poking my you. Brother, my brother was making me laugh. Thanks for joining Billy us Casper, today. Billy Horner. We really appreciate your Double feedback. Indemnity. And please Marky. subscribe to Two the show. Hit them hard. Job. And hit them off. That's 36 holes.